Hello and welcome back to the EH Sports Pod, and we are going to be recapping the NBA Conference Semifinals and previewing the Conference Finals. Yeah, before we do this, we have a word from a guest. So, that was just a quick word, a reminder for all the Saints fans, your team sucks, so. I had no idea about that, honestly. It was a great uh, addition to the podcast. I completely disagree with that, but we're just going to have to talk about that on a later episode. Um, I guess we could start with our recap. Uh, the Celtics and 76ers series was obviously... Uh, the only one that went to Game 7, but, it but even... that Game 7 wasn't even close. After halftime, the Celtics just completely demolished the 76ers. Jason Tatum had 51 points in yeah. record-setting Game 7 uh, for all time. So, really impressive by Jason Tatum. Really, even bouncing back after he had a really horrible Game 6 besides the end of the fourth quarter. Um, just... He came in clutch when he needed to, and that's what the best players on the planet do. Yeah, the last time we were talking about this series, it was tied at two. The Sixers won game five, in huge part to Tyrese Maxey putting up 30 points. Yeah, and Maxey, he actually still had a pretty good series. He just, yeah. really everyone on this on the Celtics struggled in game seven, which was... You mean the 76ers? That's what I said. Did I, did I say the Celtics? 76ers. Everyone struggled on there. There was nobody that scored more than 20 points. And a big part of this series is James Harden choking. Remember our last episode? Yeah, we, were we were talking like, about James Harden. He's done with choking. It's over. He's not doing that anymore. And then... I mean, I, I don't think we were saying that. We are just... We, was, yeah, we were debating we, it. Yeah. But we even let that be one of our thoughts. Houston Beard was back, was in our title for the last podcast. Yeah. He had... Um, 17, 13, and 9 points in the last three games of the series. Yeah, and to go with that, in the last three games of the series, he had zero points in each fourth quarter, uh, including only one shot in game seven, in the fourth quarter of game seven. And he shot 11 for 35, less than 33%. Yeah, that's really, really just not. If your second best player is shooting like that, I'm surprised they even won game five. Yeah, I mean, that was his best. That was his best game, game five. Yeah. Um, and in game seven he had nine points, seven assists, six rebounds. Some, I think, something along that stat line. Uh, so he had an all around decent game, but when you play into the fact that it was game seven, and he needed to come in clutch, that's just a huge, huge disappointment. And no, even if it was a regular game, that's still game seven. He horrible. Not he had like that. nine points. Yeah, that's why I says a huge disappointment. You said all around decent performance. All around, as in, he had seven assists, six that's rebounds. That's not good. If you don't even get double digits, you're supposed to be the best team, like the best player on your team. I mean, second best player second on your best team. Player, yeah. But like, you're supposed to be the co-star that Embiid is supposed to win with, and you haven't been able to do that with the last two years, which leaves it up to where he could. Um, Last three years. Yeah, actually. he could opt out and be a free agent this summer, unrestricted free agent. 
Yeah, and kind Houston of what was uh, the Celtic? Or not, wow, I keep saying the Celtics. The 76ers just fired their head coach, Doc Rivers, today. Yeah. Um, and so maybe the 76ers will decide to hire someone that James Harden likes. Uh, what I think they should do is they just need to focus on Embiid. They need to focus on how can they help Embiid the most because he's honestly in his prime right now. He just won an MVP, um, and it's probably he's not going to be regressing next year or probably the year after that. He still has more time left, and so if he, if they, they, I think they should focus on hiring a head coach that can really yeah, help Embiid. But if he and doesn't want to stay, stays. if Harden. Harden can go anywhere, and at this point, it doesn't seem too much like he wants to. But the main part that people are saying that is because of Doc Rivers, Doc Rivers being gone. The chances of him staying are obviously better, but who knows if that's even if he wants to stay in the first place. Maybe he wants to go back to Houston. Maybe Houston lands Wembenyana, and then all of a sudden, he wants to go to Houston, and then you never know. Or yeah. even if they get a top four pick, whoever they know. get. I don't know. James Harden's ending the end of his career. You hear all these Houston rumors, but really, Houston's not in the mix at all. I don't see. Imagine though, I don't see why he'd want. Imagine how much talents on that roster. Yeah, still not that much talent. (laughs) Not that much talent. Jabari Smith, Jalen Green. I know, but it's just they're so young. They're not going to have a legitimate chance to actually win an NBA Finals with James Harden. They have a ton of cap because James Harden is really near the end of his career. He is, but they they have a ton of cap room. So yeah, I guess. I mean, not that I'm saying they should, but maybe he wants to go back. He could consider Houston homie, so you never know. Yeah, you you never know what's going on in his head. But then in game six, none of the players played good. Marcus Smart was the best player on the Celtics, and they still were able to come back by amazing performance in the last in the fourth quarter from Jason. Yeah, and what Marcus Smart was saying before game six, he said he was going to do, and I don't know exactly what he said, but he said something along the lines that he was going to have to win in every single way. And actually, Marcus Smart had a really good game. He had, yeah. I think, 22 points. Seven, seven, rebound, seven rebounds, seven assists. Yeah, and he just he brought energy to the team that they needed. Because um, Jalen Brown obviously, didn't play great either. I don't think they would have won without Jason Tatum's scoring burst at the end of the fourth quarter uh, with, I think, four threes. Um, yeah, a big thing about still, a threes really great in that game, game it was the Celtics made seven more three-pointers. So, huge point differential from the three-point lane. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't have anything else for the Celtics or the 76ers. Yeah, I think one more thing, like Jason Tatum is the best player left in the Eastern Conference now. If you talk oh, about Oh, the Eastern Conference? In the Eastern Conference when he shows up, when he shows up, he's the best player. Whoa. He's inconsistent. I would choose Jimmy Butler over him just cuz of consistency and better defense, I'd say. But if you're saying when one if they're both playing their best, you'd pick Jason Tatum. Yeah, and that is something what you just said about Jimmy Butler. He has been really consistent throughout these playoffs like Yeah. Uh last year um, he led the the Heat to um, an Eastern Conference Finals just like this year, and they were yeah. playing the Celtics. And they were shot away from making yeah. the Finals. Yeah, and shot Jimmy Butler was great last year, but he wasn't as consistent. This year he's been scoring over 
pretty much 25 points every single game. Yeah, I had 19 one game. But... Yeah, besides maybe one or two games, he scored over 25 points, and he's still done decent in every single game. So he's been very consistent. And that's really the only reason that the Heat are still in the playoffs at this point. Yeah, talking about Jason Tatum real quick, though. His shooting, he shot 60% from the field, 60 from three in the game seven. He was efficient. It's not like he took a ton of shots to get to that 51 points, which is remarkable, especially how game six he said he thinks that he's one of the best players in the NBA or in the yeah, world. Yeah, it's crazy. It, he, it's really cool to see his mental strength because he went five for 21 in game six. And then to turn around and have the confidence I mean, to just keep shooting. He did have shooting. a great fourth quarter, but even then, it was maybe a little ill-advised, his comment, but he backed it up, so I, you can't. Yeah. But when I first saw that, I thought it was stupid. But at least when he had a, such a great Game 7 performance, it, obviously nobody can really argue. Obviously, I don't think he's one of the best players, but he's definitely... I think he's up there. He's up there. He's closer than he has been ever before, I think. Yeah. Especially if the Celtics can win this year, win the whole thing, he'll definitely be up there. All right. Uh, Heat versus Knicks. This series, I felt, was over by game three. Yeah. The Heat were, like, we both, the last time we did the podcast, the Heat were up, I think, 3-1. And I think Knicks were doomed. I think that was in our title. That one. Or That's right. something like that, yeah. Uh, so we kind of thought the Knicks were going to lose, even though they did win game five to force it at six. Um, the Heat just pulled it out. And one takeaway from this series was that Jalen Brunson, um, we already knew that he did really well with the Knicks, but he showed up again in the playoffs again. Yeah. He just, no like one else, no one. he scored 41 in game six. But no. no one else scored more than 15 yeah. points in that game. In game and five, you saw help. success because they got help. Randall at 24 and R.J. Barrett at 26 to go along with Jalen Brunson scoring 38. So all around, that's impre- impressive to have three players score 20-plus, one scoring 30-plus. That's, yeah, that's what you need to win. But then in game six, nobody showed up besides... Jalen Brunson, and that can't happen. Like, Jimmy Butler didn't even have, like, an insane performance. He had only 24 points, but they still won because every other player, I mean, all the other players showed up for the Heat, like Bam and... Yeah, and um, it wasn't, they didn't even, it wasn't even a blowout. The Knicks actually had a chance to tie the game up with just, like, 20 seconds to go, but uh, Jalen Brunson, who had 41 points that game, turned the ball over. Um, he rarely turns it over. Yeah, it was just an unlucky sequence for the Knicks. I, they didn't have it completely um, planned or planned out like they it should have been. Jalen Brunson got trapped in a corner. He wasn't able to go anywhere, try to throw it, but he accidentally threw it away. So yeah, talking about the Knicks um, earlier after they lost, Stephen A. Smith was like trade. Julius Randle. And then I was looking, I was like, how bad did he do? He averaged 18 points. As the guy that's supposed to be the number one yeah. player on the Jaylen team. Jalen Brunson's averaged 31. But then here's the, an even bigger part of us about. Julius Randle averages four turnovers a game. He's not the lead guard. Jalen Brunson is. He averages 1.8. Jalen Brunson controls the ball and does it with higher volume. And I don't know how you turn over the ball four times a game when you're 
a power forward. Yeah. And you don't dribble the ball up the court. It's just maybe that his mind isn't completely in it because either after game three or after game four, uh, when Julius Randle was asked, uh, I don't don't remember exactly what he was asked, but something along the lines of, why did you guys do bad? How did you lose in these final seconds? He's like, well, I guess they just wanted it more, referring to the heat. Um, And that's not something you're supposed to say as the star of your team. You have to want it more. You have to fight as uh, the best player on your team. You have to motivate your team. And if you're saying that, you're saying that, well, I guess the Heat just wanted to win more. I guess this game, I didn't really care. I'm just looking forward to the next one. No, you can't say that. You have to want every single game. Um, That's horrible. And we saw in um, 2021, they lost. He, he His game so much dependent on the ice zone. It doesn't really work in playoff games, isolation. It's better to move the ball around. And then this, it's just like, maybe he's not the best player for them. Maybe he's getting a little bit over overrated. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, he was the all-star. Jalen Brunson wasn't. But nobody would have known that if they just watched the series that we just saw. Yeah. So the Knicks have to look like they have the draft picks. They don't need to rush anything too much right now. They yeah, still have a great future. Most likely gonna have a draft picks yeah. from the Mavericks as well. No, they a most likely won't. <laughs> There's an eighty percent chance the Mavericks get their draft pick. Twenty percent that. The, Either way, they'll get a top ten draft pick next year or the year after. No. Yeah. Okay. That's not how it works. The Mavericks won't be a top ten team again next year. It will. <laughs> it's still top 10 protected until then it'll translate to like a second round pick if we're that so, bad. So if you don't know what we're saying, the Mavericks have to give their top 10 pick. No, they Or no, they, they have protected. to give their first round pick to the Knicks. If it lands outside the top If it lands outside the top 10 in the next three years, and then if it doesn't, then they get their second round pick. Or no. But think... looking how the Mavericks look right now, uh, it's likely going to happen. That, no, that pick won't. is going to land inside you're, the top 10 that's in the not, next that's, years. That's emotional. That's your opinion. That's dumb. anyway. Even though the Knicks did do bad, especially offensively, I kind of we. I think at least I kind of saw it coming. I didn't think they do great offensively, but I just thought you know he aren't great offensively either. So I thought that would balance it. In our preview, I was saying how the Knicks really struggled against the Cavaliers' defense, even though that won that series. Uh, they were scoring less than a hundred points per game. Um, and so I thought they'd struggle against a, another good Heat de- defense, and they did. Um, really, I don't think they scored uh, more than 108 or 109 points per game in any of the game or points in any of the games. So they just, I think that's that's what made them lose. Their their offense just relied solely on the ISO from Julius Randle or Jalen Brunson finding out to make finally make plays. They didn't have really anything to go to. Well, it's also the Heat also have a great defense. But I was about um the X factor I said was Gabe Vincent before the series started. He averaged 10.3 points and 4.7 assists. Not incredibly impressive, but for a player that doesn't have to be everything, that's still a solid performance and he impacted winning and I saw a lot of their games they did a lot better because of the points that he scored in the assist and just he plays under control. He also plays 
good defense. So that was huge for the Heat to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, my um, uh, man, what did you just say? Your X factor. X factor, yeah. My X factor was Mitchell Robinson, and in a way, he was the X factor because he played poorly. And so <laughs> maybe <laughs> the Knicks could have won if he would have actually played. Uh, they weren't even well, close. Even if he would have, he never played that. He good. had he had really great offensive rebounding against the Cavaliers. Not so much against the Heat. Um, the Heat did really well, uh, figuring out ways to box him out, and uh, he just wasn't able to get those offensive boards, gives them extra possessions, which is what they need because they struggle offensively. So yeah. he, in a way, he was the X factor. Now let's go to a surprising series for you: the Denver Nuggets winning. Two straight after the Suns came back. I will admit that I was wrong about the Nuggets. I kind of, I would, I don't say, I wouldn't say assumed, but I didn't give them much of a chance against the Suns just because the Nuggets. I, feel I like, told you the Suns weren't deep. I, I feel like the, I, I didn't feel like the too. Nuggets could actually just actually win, um, but obviously Noel was right. The Suns weren't deep enough. They didn't have enough backcourt. And they're also choked. Um, they don't have. They honestly looking at it now. It was. It's kind of obvious they didn't have enough role players to legitimately make yeah. a finals run. Like even if they would have won the series, I don't think they would have made it past the Lakers. Yeah, but they weren't even close to win the series, and it, I told you they're gonna choke. They're not that strong of a team, and yeah, but choke in the playoffs. A little bit but, of a side comment: the Suns fired Monty Williams after yeah. the playoff loss. I don't. I don't think that was a good thing to do yeah too, I, I did i was surprised when they did that but also there's reports that he'll that they'll aggressively look at the trade market for deandre and so i feel like that could also be i don't think that's a bad move because he's been playing off well he didn't even play in game six but he's been played off the floor and at least last year in the playoffs too and he wasn't being a huge impact this year too so maybe he's not the right fit for them and they probably can get at least a solid return for him. Yeah. Um, and the interesting thing about Monty Williams was that, I don't remember if it was last, I think it was uh, last year, he won Coach of the Year um, was like for the NBA. Years it was, ago. was it two years ago? Maybe it was last year. Yeah. Anyway, he won Coach of the Year. He gets fired. An interesting thing, four of the last five Coaches of the Year have actually already been fired. And... The also, only one left is Steve Kerr, who has had great success. So many that have won titles have been fired. We saw, um, well, not win titles, but at least went to the title game. Monty Williams, Mike Budenholzer won the title in 2021. Suns went to it, so Monty Williams, the coach that was coaching the runner-up, both of them have been fired in, since the season has ended. And it seems like then Doc, Doc Rivers hasn't Led a team to a finals this like yeah it just seems like teams are firing expecting more and more from good coaches but it's unreasonable I feel like Monty Williams I don't think he yeah, has the problem Kevin Durant and uh, Devin Booker I didn't think they had enough time to connect actually get enough chemistry I don't think that's a problem they just didn't have enough players or enough players both of those I don't think that was on Monty uh, Williams they've played insane though like Durant and Booker played insane so you can't really say. What, there's, even if they had chemistry, there's not much more they could have done, at least from a scoring output. Like Both of them put up huge numbers. Yeah. So it's mostly just they didn't have much depth outside of that. Like Looking at some of these player teams that advanced to the um, 
the, the conference, conference finals, finals, they would have like six players averaging double figures. Yeah, like, we've. I feel like we've kind of come to see that more this season. Like, if you do not, if you don't have a deep team, uh, you're not going to have as much success. We saw that with the Mavericks. They trade for Kyrie Irving, and they start struggling right away, especially on the defensive end, which led them not even to make the playoffs. And we see the Suns. Uh, they did actually do really well in the regular season with Kevin Durant, but they played nobody. You can't say when they played the Nuggets, in the it was just too hard. Yeah. Two things like talk about Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. They scored more points combined than the rest of the Suns throughout the playoffs. That's how lopsided their offensive output is. Yeah, it was like I mean, almost really, hundred you know, more points. The Suns' rotation isn't even that deep either way. I think they have yeah. seven players playing each night, maybe eight, but just for a few minutes. Uh, so, yeah, two out of eight players scoring more than double. It's obvious that they don't have enough role players. And then when Devin Booker, one of those two players, scores 12 points in an elimination game, really no chance at winning, which is what he did. I mean... Back-to-back years, elimination on their home court. The only other team to be eliminated. It's happened three times where a team's gone blown out by that much in an elimination game on their own home court. The Suns have two of those. The only other ones is 2015 Bucks. Yeah, just, man. And also... Disappointing for the Suns. The Suns, they are talk, supposed to be like the great mid-range shooting team. Their last two games, they shot 11 for 35 from the mid-range. Less than 33% mm. getting to. That's, if they're going to shoot that many, they at least need to make them. Because that's not the most, like, that's not the best analytic, I don't know how to analytically correct yeah, shot, like the best shot. They were not efficient at all. Uh, Nikola Jokic, on the other hand, for the Nuggets, he was very efficient. Um, and I feel like Nikola Jokic is really, really good at choosing his shots. He chooses the shots that are actually good shots he doesn't take crazy shots that uh have a low percentage chance to go in he gets to his spots that's why i really like about nicole Jokic, and he's also just very effective uh and efficient for a center that shoots that much yeah oh now on to the last series the warriors, the warriors and lakers yeah. this one i thought this series was going seven i thought this was going to be one of the best series, and honestly, I was a little op- it was just I was a, a little pessimistic just because, I mean, we didn't do our picks because we forgot to, but I was just, I felt like well, the Lakers had more depth, and they also, I, they were too big, I felt like, for the Warriors. The Warriors didn't have, like, I didn't believe how they were able to yeah, do it I with think LeBron James. I think if we would have done our picks, Davis. I think I would have ended up picking the Lakers. I think I would have picked the Lakers seven. in six. Oh, so it's, I guess it's a good thing we didn't do our picks. So, <laughs> for you, <laughs> for me, yeah. yeah. But yeah, the Warriors, um, they're just their small lineup wasn't gonna work. Kevon Looney, he did get a bunch of rebounds, but he wasn't really uh anyone on the offense. And they end. switched Gary Payton to start game and then that didn't really work out either. They well. were just trying to find something. It was working. Yeah. Jordan Poole, really disappointing series. Yeah, he didn't show up. This. I just talk about like the future of the Suns. I mean not the Suns. The Warriors. It's like the young players. Are they ever gonna like grow up? All the players in the elimination game had, like the three big um, young players, Paul Mooney and Kuminga, all had less than 
10 points, like single digits, or they didn't even get minutes. Like Kumin guys even found the floor. And then also Draymond Green and Klay Thompson, their older pieces. The only one that player that was consistent was Steph, but the two other parts of their like trio both had single digits too in the elimination game. Yeah, and it was I only think... Steph had like 30 plus points, and he was actually the only player doing good for the Warriors. But he wasn't even efficient from the field either, so all around just poor performance from the Warriors. And something that I've noticed from the Warriors, the difference between the this year's Warriors and last year's Warriors, I feel like it's their chemistry and trust like yeah. in each other. Like It doesn't seem like they're completely together. It seems like two separate... I heard someone saying this on... I don't know what it was, but... Like there seem like there are two separate teams between the old players and the young players, and they don't seem together at all. They seem like two separate teams. Yeah, and if we remember all the way to before the season, Draymond punching Jordan Poole. Um, at the time, afterwards, Draymond apologized, and we kind of forgot about it. But I feel like that might have played a part in yeah. early season because early season, especially with the new players, young players. Uh, that's when you've got to learn to trust each other. That's when you've got to build that chemistry. Um, and I feel like it was it was hard for them to do that with that problem. And we saw that with their road games. They couldn't win on the road all season. Um, and I think a lot of that comes down to the team trust and chemistry. Yeah. And you also you have to take into account another year, that core is just getting older. Draymond Green hasn't been... He's still an impact player, but he's not nearly as good as he was during the title runs. Clay Thompson, he's actually not done great either. He's yeah, been that, inconsistent. Yeah, it seemed like he did a little bit better because he was recovering off of injury, but he hasn't really got back to his form. It doesn't seem like he ever will get to his pre-injury form. Yeah, and I guess we've just been talking bad about the Warriors this whole time. A lot of credit does go to the Lakers. I mean, yeah, the Lakers found ways to win. Um, Anthony Davis, he played well. LeBron James, especially in those last three games, James averaged 27.3 points per game. Um, and before that, he had been not scoring that great. So, especially going into the Nuggets series, where I feel like it's going to... We'll talk about this in a little bit. But I think it's going to be important for him, especially to do well in that series. Um, that's a good way to go into this that series against the Nuggets. Yeah, and again, we're talking about teams averaging, having six players average triple figures. The Lakers are one of them. The depth is like a lot better than some assume. Lonnie Walker is a player that no one really expected. He actually averaged double digits. And you have the players you'd expect, like AD, um, LeBron, D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, players that you like, assume would get at double-digit points. But they've got contributions from all around. And so many players seem like they brought energy. Nobody really seemed like they were like a bad player to have on the floor yeah and this is a team that in my opinion i would definitely not be surprised if they won the nba finals i would be this surprised. is it te- <laughs> i would not be but my point was this is a team we both picked to lose in the first round and yeah. so it's just it's because the role players are stepping up austin reeves has done better than we expected Rui hachimura has done better than we expected um lonnie walker he's played five times as much as we expected i mean the role players are stepping up. Yeah. Okay, talking about the Lakers um, Nuggets This is series. our recap, by the way. Yeah. Or not our recap. Now we're previewing the next uh, conference finals. Yeah, so starting with the Lakers Nuggets. I think a huge part of this, the best player offensively throughout the playoffs, Jokic versus the best defensive player, I'd say AD. 
this will be a great matchup to watch and a lot of the results in this in this um, conference West Conference Finals will be based on how the two of them perform. Yeah, and I was actually interested uh, to find that Anthony Davis he's he's a really really good defender in space. Um, actually, he's not he's a little bit just a, a little bit above average when he's back down. And Nikola Jokic he can actually do that pretty well. He can back down players. He can get to the rim. He's especially dangerous backing down players because he has a nice pull-up jumper and he can get to the rim and lay it up and in. He also has great vision. Yeah, he is. He, yeah. So he's on the offensive end. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see Jokic versus Anthony Davis. And I think the winner between Jokic and Anthony Davis, whoever wins that battle, that team is going to win the yeah. series. And it's also, like, if you had one player, I feel like, Anthony Davis is the best player to give Jokic some problems. I feel like, I mean, I don't think you can stop him. I don't think he he's too good to be stopped. But he's like one of the best players I think in the NBA to be guarded. Yeah, and another thing, I think if the Lakers want to win, every time they should try to find some way to make Nikola Jokic run around or go at Nikola Jokic. Because yeah. if they can get him tired by the fourth quarter, then. As, uh, the goal of that is going to be to make him tire on the offensive end yeah. because he is their main offensive piece. And talk about that, the um, rim protection from the Nuggets is horrible because Jokic is playing center. He's not a great rim protector. But the Nuggets have great perimeter defense, so the Lakers have to be able to get inside and get around the stout per- perimeter defense. And if they can do that, then they can expose the inside, which is not strong. Yeah. But, it, but like both the teams, the prior teams that played the Timberwolves and Suns, they couldn't do that because they couldn't get past the great perimeter defense. And the Suns, I mean, the Lakers have to find a way to get. Yeah, and what the Lakers back. can do, they can go back to their um, Anthony Davis, LeBron James uh, pick and roll, which they haven't really been doing that much this playoffs because they haven't needed to. But it's very, very effective. Um, the Anthony Davis and LeBron James pick and roll. Um, and that's a great way to get inside. If LeBron James gets switched on to Nikola Jokic, that'd be great too, uh, because James is just faster, and so he can fly by. And then Anthony Davis, obviously, he'll be switch. Someone uh, shorter will be guarding him, and so that's just. I think that's how they can penetrate. Yeah, two more matchups. So I feel like that are big. I feel like a lot of this is like huge matchups is more than like some other series, but. Whoever can, who's going to guard Jamal Murray? I don't feel like the Lakers last, seemed like the year they won in the, the championship, they had better perimeter defense. But yeah. tennis shooter is good, but he's small. And then Jared Vanderbilt isn't great offensively. He's a good defender and has length. And then Austin Reeves also tries, but he's not a good, great defender. Yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how much the Lakers decide to play Vanderbilt and how much they decide to play Schroeder. Um, because. Really, that decision could come down to who wins the series. Because Jared Vanderbilt, he's not an offensive player at all. It's uh, rare to see him score even more than 10 points. Or maybe, actually, maybe more like more than 15 points a game. Uh, but Schroeder, he he will struggle against Jamal Murray. He's Jamal actually Murray, a good defender. Jamal, but, yeah, he is. But he's, he's, just, Jamal Murray's he's so much bigger. Yeah. Jamal Murray can back him down. And Jamal Murray can get physical. That's One more matchup that's huge is... LeBron James, Aaron Gordon is athletic, tall, and strong. He seems like, just as I was saying, AD seems like he's one of the best matchups for um, Jokic. Yeah, seems Aaron like Gordon seems Gordon's like. best for LeBron. LeBron's going to have to 
deal with that. And then they can also throw KCP and Bruce Brown at him to where they have plenty of bodies to guard him, which is a great thing to see for your team that you have confidence that multiple players can guard. Yeah, so one player having to guard one of the best players in the NBA is not easy. So Yeah, if I think if the Lakers role players can continue stepping up, I think the Lakers can win the series. I don't think the Lakers can win the series. I don't know if the Lakers will win the series, but okay. they can if they those Ready for picks for us. Okay, you go first. Nuggets and six. Nuggets and six. Wow. Okay, I'm gonna pick the Lakers in seven. I think the Lakers can get it done. I picked Nuggets to the finals, and I'm holding true to that. I called it when you keep hating on the Nuggets, and Nuggets are gonna you know make you exact, pay. Wait, um, I don't actually know our exact point differential right now. Do you know what it is? We both picked Celtics in seven. I picked the Heat, but I got the game wrong. Yeah, I think you I picked the Nuggets. I think we're either tied or have like a one point advantage. Okay, so anyway, it's really close. So it's going to come I down think, between, because there's not that many points of it. Well, actually, you still could get your title. Person, right, I can just get my runner-up, right? I don't, I don't think our, we're going to disagree in the Celtics Heat Series, so this might be one of the exciting choices. Okay, now to the Miami-Boston Series. Are you trying to say you're going to pick the Heat? I don't know. Like you're like, <laughs> you'll never know. Oh, you have to wait and see. Okay, um, the coaching advantage. I think is a big part here. Joe Mazzola, Mazzola is not a bad coach, but Eric Spolstra is a lot more, what is it, experienced. Uh, yes, yeah. He's a lot better in general, and he knows how to win championships. And honestly, we haven't even seen that much from Joe Mazzola because, yeah, he led the Celtics to a really great record, but they also the did, Celtics were already a really good there team. There are some questionable things, though, when, and when the in that have, 76ers series. And the Celtics have let teams, let bad teams play close with them. So, yeah, yeah you're and right. Eric Spolstra keeps his team disciplined. They rarely make stupid mistakes, turn the ball over, so I will definitely. Yeah. Um, so like, I mean, the Celtics are going to have to be on their A game. which I'm going to tell you right now, I'm picking the Celtics. This is the end for the Heat. Uh, Tyler Hero. And Victor Oladipo are both out. The Heat have uh, good, actually really good for them. They haven't played long series. They've actually played decently short series, so they're not as tired as I thought they'd be. But still, uh, the load management. They they've played their top players more, and they don't have as much reserves to go to. Um, I don't think they have enough stamina to keep up with the Celtics, who have a really good bench, and the Celtics are just going to be more fresh, have more energy. Okay. Oh. And um, on to the, talking about Tatum. If Tatum has two bad games, then the Celtics, I mean, then the Heat are going to win. Tatum, Tatum what? can't afford. Tatum had, Tatum had a bad game in the Celtics won. two bad games in the Celtics. So you're saying, the if series. Tatum has a bad game, you're saying the Celtics don't win. Two that you're bad assuming games. if the Tatum has a bad game, the Celtics don't win the game. No, they, if he has two bad games in this series, they won't win the series because. Wait, are you talking about the Heat or Tatum? Tatum, if Tatum has. You said if the Heat. If Tatum has two bad games in this series, the Heat will win because. Wow. Jimmy Butler. If you pick the Celtics in anything less than six, or anything one, or even no. you pick the Heat. Okay. Wow. Jimmy Butler. Actually, maybe this is just gonna be three points no. for me. Just listen, Jimmy Butler is consistent. Is consistent in any game that um, Jason Tatum chokes. You know that Jimmy Butler is going to be there, and they're going to win that game. 
Actually, last year, I did have the Celtics in six against the Heat. I didn't even think it was going to be a series. If you can remember back to last year, the Celtics won in game seven uh, in the Eastern Conference Finals. So maybe it'll be similar to that. But ESPN analytics also gave ESPN thinks the Celtics have an eighty-five percent chance to win game one. Ninety-seven, well, ninety-seven percent chance to win the series compared to three percent for the Heat. It's stupid. I think that's pretty accurate. That's not at all accurate. Maybe more like ninety-eight percent. More like (laughs) seventy-nine, twenty-one. Seventy-nine. 21. Why 79? Because it just, just sounds... Why not sounds, just say like 80-20? No, it sounds <laughs> well, better. 79 just seems right. Okay. Then also, you're talking about the depth. Bam, Gabe Vincent, and Duncan Robinson each show up. Those are their better role players, at least, when Duncan Robinson scoring. Bam? How is Bam a role player? Well, not a role player, but he's not a star. He hasn't actually been an all-star for a while, so technically he's like a role player. Like, for two years. Okay, but he's still... Not entirely impressive. Okay, whatever. Yeah. Um, I think that the Celtics, uh, going to the Celtics, if the Celtics play Al Horford and Robert Williams um, a lot in this series, and they play, and they decide, and they can get Al Horford inside more um, on the offensive end, I know Horford's not like uh, primarily an inside player, but. I think that that can really mess with the Heat because they don't really have a secondary big man that can defend well. Yeah. Kevin Love's the other big man, but he is not a defensive player. And then also the defense, you have Marcus Smart, Derek White, um, Jalen Brown, and Grant Williams that can all guard. That's just going to make it harder for Jimmy Butler, so that's why all these players need to step up for the Heat, but they don't have that many players to step up, so it'll definitely be yeah. a hard task. If the Celtics just focus all their energy on, energies on Jimmy Butler... I think they win the series last year in the Eastern Conference Final. Butler scorched the Celtics for 41 points in Game 1, and then he also had 47 points in Game 6. And so uh, they just really need to just focus on stopping Butler. Okay, now the picks. Celtics in don't say seven. 7. It's oh going to be a close series. I don't even know I'm why. really tempted to pick Celtics in 5, uh, <laughs> but I feel like the Heat will, like, slip out a victory somehow and the Celtics have a tendency to play down to their competition. And that, so I'll, and I'll let the Heat their... I'll give the Heat six to lose. Um Celtics at six. This is gonna be a interesting series, but it's not gonna be close. I'm just telling you right now, I would not be surprised if the Heat do win this series, but I'm just So Lakers Celtics in the finals. My gut instinct is telling me. Wow. Hey, Lakers, Celtics in the finals? That'll be a classic. It's going to be the Nuggets and Celtics. I'm sorry. Okay, well, we'll have to see. I'm still sad that this year it wasn't going to be Jokic versus Embiid in the finals. You can't tell me that would have not been interesting. I didn't want the Sixers to win. I picked the Celtics to go all the way and win. Well, yeah, you picked them, but you would, would you not. You wouldn't like seeing the two best centers and back-to-back runner. No. Like I'd rather see two-way tie. And amazing. In guard play, that's just me. So. These are they're basically. Well, I mean, at least Jokic can basically be a guard, a guard center. Yes. Okay. Uh. So I guess we'll end the podcast. Since Noah did this to me earlier, Cowboys suck.